And welcome to another episode of the Totoyo Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time, and of course, let's jump right into the download. Now, this week's download is another gem from publisher Anapura Interactive. Now, you've heard me talk about them before with some of their games. 12 Minutes came out. I didn't play that one. I heard mixed reviews about that. Uh, but one of my favorite games from the past few months has been The Artful Escape. And they have really honed their craft when it comes to finding indie games to publish that are these rich story-driven narratives so it's not all about shooting and killing and getting to the next objective it's really about just playing through a really well written story so they've come back again with a memoir blue and this game can be found pretty much on every system ps4 5 xbox one series s x switch and PC and is probably available on mobile but I'm not entirely sure for just a low low price of $7.99 so this is a game that you can really afford to take a chance on if you're somewhat leery of spending that money on the game it's only $7.99 it's probably cheaper than what you spend in Starbucks in any given sitting but the game is from developer Cloisters Interactive and it's an interactive poem I don't know about you but I love some good poetry about a superstar athlete, in this case Miriam, and the all-encompassing love between a mother and her daughter. The game offers a combination of both hand-drawn and 2D art that brings Miriam's magical, realistic journey to life as she swims into the depths of her memories about her life, about her mom. It's just a, a really excellent way of really having this young woman explore her life and her relationship with her mom i have downloaded it i'm playing through just a little bit of it. i'm only just a little bit through but from what i've seen so far it is really an enjoyable game and again for just 7.99 you can't beat it it's a great game at any price point or reasonable price point but especially this price point so this is a memoir blue and whatever system you have you can more than likely get it for it Next up is our gentleman spotlight. Now, this gentleman is someone who I met uh, probably 10-ish years ago at Baltimore Comic Con. He was the artist for a indie title known as Syrian Sea with the writer Maurice Mander. And he and I just hit it off right away. We've uh, Someone I have kept in contact with and I've got to know over the years just hanging out at various conventions since then. And this gentleman goes by the name of Sean Elene, and he's of Pyrographic Studios. Sean, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. Uh, one of the things outside of his just general personality, he's just a cool brother. He is a very immensely talented artist. When you go on a convention circuit and you find talented artists, there are just some people who you want to patronize every time that you see them. And Sean is someone who I have always uh, try to patronize whenever I see him in a car whether it's buying one of his art books getting a t-shirt getting a print I have this really sick print that I bought off of him uh, with Wolverine fighting Deadpool and it's just really awesome really amazing but one of the best things about him outside of his overall humility is that he always uses his platform to put other artists 
on. Uh, one of the things about the shift to the pandemic, a lot of people, or the shift in the pandemic, was that a lot of people shifted toward online platforms to sort of find an outlet to bring more things to light. And one of the things Sean did with his platform on Instagram was to really spotlight other artists whether it is or there were graphical artists drawing whatnot musical artists spoken word he really made a point to use this platform to highlight others and that's something he was doing in real life before the pandemic but he just heightened it with the advent of uh, everything going digital and virtual with regards to instagram facebook things of that nature and it's something he's continued to do now with uh, a lot of the easing of the rules uh, with art shows and sipping paints and things of that nature or sip and drawer i think is what it is anyway uh i have always admired him for that and really making that a part of the core of him being an artist because it was very much about not just hey look at what i can do it's hey this is what i can do but this is what he can do this was she can do this is their talent this is their talent i've always commended and respected him on that so definitely check out sean at pyroglyphic studios links in the show notes now it is no surprise that i am a fan of horror movies some of my favorite horror movies of excuse me favorite movies of all time are horror movies i tend to skew more towards 70s 80s and 90s horror uh when we got into the 2000s they were just a lot of horror movies there were some good ones and some some that i love but a large majority of them have really god awful cgi and was just bad let me just be frank a lot of mainstream horror stuff was bad in the 2000s going to the 2010s and you've seen a bit of a renaissance in the past couple of years of what horror is and what horror can do and one of those movies that i've seen a trailer of recently that really shook me up was a movie called choose to die and it's a netflix original film is debuting on april 15th and the premise is if you remember if you're old enough remember the old text-based adventures like zork and so on and so forth they find this cassette base and i'll tell you how old it is uh, text-based adventure and they start to play it and as they play it it almost seems as though it's part of the real world and it is warping the reality around what they do obviously in a quite sinister way but there are no there are things about i'm not good with glass and like i'm like wincing as i'm watching this and there was another scene with a sink full of large syringes and this person appeared to be about to throw themselves face first into it i'm like ooh, this seems like something that would definitely get you for shock value alone i i do hope that this is not an example of where all the good bits of a movie were put into the trailer and with netflix track record when it comes to horror movies lately because i heard similar things about the texas chainsaw massacre sequel prequel i don't know what you want to call it and some of the other horror movies they put out recently that is a genuine concern but it, it looks good it has an a plus stellar cast which is really to be expected with the amount of money that netflix is putting out for quality films or films in general uh lately so i'm i'm looking forward to it is definitely one i will try to watch on april 15th if the trailer gave me that sort of one to cover my eyes feeling or close my eyes feeling which not many horror movies have ever done in my lifetime uh, i am i am curious to see if i can make it through the movie even the saw movies didn't do that to me uh the ones that i watched i think i tapped out after number three uh it was just really gratuitous even hostile was just like 
didn't make me like oh but it was just like oh my goodness they're really doing this this one made me wince and want to close my eyes so i i am looking forward to see if it's able to shock me when many many horror movies that have come before it have not so that is choose to die and that debuts on netflix on april the 15th now speaking of streaming services disney plus dropped their newest marvel series on the platform this week by the name of moon knight now i have talked before about my excitement and a lot of that excitement comes from the fact that i know very little about the background of moon knight moon knight is not a character whom i've ever purchased as far as their individual titles when i've seen him in books he's always been part of an ensemble cast so as far as mark specter and that split personality thing i am not familiar so i am looking forward or was looking forward to the series to learn more about the characters to my understanding it is not indicative of any particular run so it's a good example of them taking established mythology of the character and distilling it down for a MCU version instead of taking establishing runs and kind of tailing that to the MCU like they did with Hawkeye. So I'm very excited or was very excited to see it, especially with the likes of Oscar Isaacs playing the title character and Ethan Phoenix, excuse me, Ethan Hawke uh, playing the uh, villain of the series I was very interested and with that the first episode it's not bad and I say it's not bad because I, if you're going and expecting to see a whole lot of action in this first episode no you're not this first episode is very much about uh, setup uh, with Mark's character well it's not Mark I forget the name he is in this one in this personality but you set up the fact that this person suffers from uh, split personality disorder when one takes over the other one is completely oblivious and the, the the dumb one as they call it internally he wakes up in these odd places at the worst times uh, when Mark is doing what he's doing as Moon Knight so I am interested in seeing how this split personality is really examined in the series why is this the case how did this develop? Is this a part of the whole Moon Knight, why he's Moon Knight? Or was he like this before and then became Moon Knight? I'm very interested to learn the backstory on this character and why he is the way he is. I loved how Marvel paced this episode. Um, how particularly Oscar Isaacs in his portrayal of the character and how he's totally lost for time because of these blackouts and showing up at a date two days later and having the woman pretty much cuss him out over the phone and i'm surprised the man could keep a job but he plays the character very very well i'm looking forward to how the rest of the five episodes go because the pacing of the first episode was very well done in my opinion as far as telling the story that they want to want to tell i didn't feel like it was rushed as a viewer i wanted to see moon knight so I think maybe in my mind, I rushed it along because I wanted to see what I wanted to see. But I enjoyed the exposition. I enjoyed the description and detail of this man's life to set up to the point where we figure out a little bit about what's going on, even though we don't know much at this point in time. And, and neither is he for that matter. And then to ultimately let Mark take over to become Moon Knight, to fight these 
beasts that are now chasing him. I thought um, overall the action was good, the CGI was good. Uh, Marvel has done a really great job as far as CGI and really making these television shows look like blockbuster movies. Of course, I guess with this extent, we should expect nothing less because this was their whole aim with these Marvel Studios or these MCU official TV series. But Moon Knight is again another one that does that justice. I do think this first episode suffers because there is not a lot there in the overall story, which is yet to come. I'm sure in retrospect, when the series is over, I may have a different perspective on this first episode. But as a pilot, it definitely makes you ask questions and it keeps you entertained and want to watch the next one. As a TV show by itself, a singular episode, it was okay. Uh, but I think this is going to be one of those series where the whole is going to be greater than the sum of its parts. Very much like, from my opinion, uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I felt like some episodes were great, some episodes were so-so, but the whole of the series was better than the sum of its parts. And I think Moon Knight is going to suffer if it's really suffering from the same sort of dilemma if it continues to go down this path that i see it going down so that's my take on moon knight episode one we're going to take a break and then come back and jump into some halo and we're back from the break and just to note there's no uh trekking out this week i was watching the latest episode of star trek picard and frankly some of their decisions are frustrating me, so I think I'm going to just step back and review uh, episodes 5 and 6 collectively. Next episode, also a lot more information has come out about Star Trek Resurgence, so I want to give a bit more time to both of those subjects next episode because there's going, be, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Let's jump into my other sci-fi series for the week, and that's Halo. Halo dropped its second episode on Paramount+. Plus. And let me tell you, the decision to veer away from canon was the best decision that they made okay i know i made a comment last episode about them making keys both of the uh, keys black i'm over that now which is so shocking that they did that i was like what the now i could care less but i do think miranda is the character that's playing miranda looks too baby face to be miranda i she seems too young to have that much power and importance um, in the UNSC, in my opinion. Uh, um, so that's just me. The decision to make Master Chief more relatable was the best decision I could have made. It makes for such a compelling story and such a more compelling character. And for him to go to this outer realm, to see his old friend Soren, and to see how this ex-Spartan has now lived and has a family and to see what sort of life he could have had if he had left with them and to see the duty and honor that they both have to each other as friends. That's something you don't see in the games. Master Chief in the game is very stoic. He's that very archetype hero. He's not going to leave you behind, but he's very much about orders and taking down the enemy at all costs there is no questioning to what he does and to see this deviates because of this covenant probably forerunner artifact i'm assuming this forerunner is detailing the halo ring and everything so let's just say forerunner um if you don't know what i'm talking about the forerunners are and i may butcher this are a species 
that was technologically advanced and they created the halos uh the halos are weapons that well i won't give any more of that uh simply because if you're not a fan of the games you don't know and i don't know if the series is going to touch on it but the halos are weapons that eradicate a certain threat but they also were sought out by the covenant because they were seen to be the ultimate weapon so that's kind of where we are the covenant are in search of the halos because they want as a weapon and you see this in the exposition that is dropped um when i forget the crazy man's name but when the crazy man who had been captured by the covenant and escaped because they were trying to get him to activate a similar device so apparently the covenant have other devices of forerunner technology like this that can tell them or maybe as parts of a whole that tell them where the halo ring is so i thought that was very interesting it added a lot more drama it gave a lot of uh, backstory to what happened after uh and i want to say kwan i don't think her name is kwan but kwan's father's died and the person they put into power at her home planet and this guy is just murking everybody who is in any way opposition to him that was aligned with her father he's just straight killing them and broadcasting it he is banging down his mighty fist of power and then at the same moment proclaiming this peaceful exchange of whatever the the fuel material it is with the unsc and how it was going to bring peace to the planet and yada 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 and it's it's graphic it's this is very graphic and i was somewhat pleasantly surprised because originally halo was designed to premiere on showtime and with the advent of paramount plus they shifted it to paramount plus instead of showtime so there is some nudity the violence is graphic it's it was this was a really good episode that that's all i can really say i i was hesitant and somewhat fearful of what sort of path they were trod after the first episode because the first episode veers so much i liked it i enjoyed it it had those halo bits but i'm like mm, what are they going to do here the second episode solidified to me that they know what they're doing when it comes to storytelling my biggest issue or fear now is that they kind of devolve into standard sci-fi tropes one of my biggest fears is that the and i believe her name is mirror the the human covenant person that they revealed that somehow she is master chief's sister and that she was taken by the covenant when they were children which is why he can activate the 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 forerunner technology and she probably can as well if they do that i'm gone because that will be the most lazy piece of contrived cliche sci-fi writing that they could do and if they do that somebody needs to be fired because that is the absolute worst. and 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 mark this today this is april 1st 2022 i am saying this as i'm recording this mark it down if they reveal that i am done with this series because i see it coming and i hope i'm wrong but that's standard sci-fi sort of tropes this other character that's a human or whatever that is on the opposite side of you as a human protagonist hero there has to be some sort of connection and since she's a female and clearly she's not a former lover she has to be his sister if they want to have that sort of connection and why john is different and i'm assuming she, he's different in the same way that she is different so mark my words they bet not make her 
his sister or any sort of family member because I will be done with this series if that's the case. But again, that's my fear talking and being a fan of sci-fi for all of my life. I know how these things go. And especially looking at what they've done with Picard over this season and last season, it's just been a lot of lazy writing and high class, quote unquote, high class sci-fi. So that's my fear. But overall, second episode of Halo was really top notch was really a good episode from a story standpoint Bokeem Woodbine is a national treasure let me tell you he plays the same character no matter where you are but he's always different he always has that sass that ah man he's always the same dude it's it's amazing even in Spartan armor he's still Bokeem Woodbine he's still that same dude that was in dead president (laughs) I mean it's it's amazing and not saying he isn't a good actor, but he always brings that vibe to any role that he plays. And I love him to death in this character of Soren and being Master Chief's long, uh, longtime old friend that he uh, would have escaped with from the Spartan complex. And I, I really love the episode. I cannot wait until episode three drops next week. Uh, this is definitely a must watch uh, sci fi series. I just hope. And I really hope they don't go down those tired, tried and true sci-fi tropes. Now, let's get into some style with the sartorial slice. Now, this week, I like to highlight the opulent men's club. And they're a black owned uh, luxury uh, accessory company that I stumbled upon around Christmas time when I was trying to look for uh, some interesting and unique gifts for some family members and i'm always i always say you know in the kingsman style make up the man or manners make up the man i'm also a firm believer that accessories make a man's style and they offer some top notch accessories including handcrafted leather accessories backpacks travel sets and more created for men who want luxury and quality at an affordable price I will say I'm not a humongous fan of of backpacks in general when it comes to a professional setting. And these backpacks, while they are lovely and luscious when it comes to the handcrafted leather, they do have a humongous lion on the front. And for my personal taste, that's just not me. Others may absolutely love them and love the statement that they make. For me, I like my leather a bit more subdued and professional, which makes me lean more toward their um, briefcases, which are really nice, really great leather, come in multiple colors, and I think they run for about 110 bucks, which are very, a very, very good deal. I actually purchased a, a card holder, one of their leather card holders for my father for Christmas, and let me tell you, the quality of that card holder exceeds what I paid for it like three four times it was it was so cool so smooth and my dad he was so excited he absolutely loved it and then especially when I told him it was a black owned company he was like man hot damn is what he said so I I can attest to just the quality and the price points that they offer really good so check them out uh, the opulent men's club link is in the show notes. i think it's opulentmensclub.com or the opulentmensclub.com anyway you'll find it in the show notes so that's my take for the sartorial slice next up is our fragrance of the week and this week let's get clean 
let's go clean with the fragrance from clean team clean team signature this one is going to run you 75 dollars for a 50 ml edp bottle so it'll perform so it's pretty strong and again it's only 75 bucks which is not bad at all for an edp that comes in small batches in this sense now this is going to be a really good one for the spring because you're going to have top notes of bergamot grapefruit lemon and citrus so you get a really humongous burst of citrus and brightness um, at the top middle notes jasmine lavender and rose so you got some floral the lavender some calmness and a jasmine with a little bit of spice and then base with violet amber musk and sandalwood so you get the deepness of those notes especially that musk and amber and violets and that woodiness of sandalwood i always love it when the sandalwood wood is in the base you get in a slight woodiness it's not overly like woody but it's like deep and rich and subtle and when you mix it with something like a musk and especially if the musk isn't too heavy it really produces such a manly smell in my opinion so i absolutely love that combination so it is characterized or described as a light long-lasting clean aromatic blend of citrus florals and amber with hints of lemon and lime intertwined with delicate florals and a warm bottom note of sandalwood it's a fresh sense that that's ideal for the office casual days and weekday getaways or weekend getaways excuse me now this is one much like uh i'm a fan favorite of ovation this is something that can be worn in any occasion i'm really leaning to it especially when i'm getting the podcast uh, fragrances that you can wear whether it's black tie whether it's weekend out whether it's the office because there are times you don't want to think when you put on a fragrance i'm very much about fragrances fitting my moods and i'm trying to get to a point especially you know really if i'm going to recommend something to you something that hey this could work anytime you wanted to and this clean teen signature is definitely one that will work in any any circumstance now moving along from the all-around fragrance that is clean teen signature my fragrance of the day is echelon by Kimley, New York. Now, here it's about 50 degrees, so it's a bit on the cooler side. And I personally, when I got up this morning, I wanted something a bit heavier. And I went for Echelon because it's not one I wear too often, because it is a heavy fragrance. It is one that you don't want to spray a lot of, but I love the sillage of it. I, I literally, it's one that lasts all day. And it's not necessarily fit for the office. This is definitely, I would say, more of an intimate fragrance. I would definitely say date night, uh, intimate encounters sort of fragrance, personally speaking. But it's one that I wanted to wear because I love the richness and fullness of this fragrance. And with this, you're going to have top notes of orange zest and aniseed, heart notes of black pepper and musk, and then base notes of leather and mahogany. And that mahogany really shines through in that base note. One of the things I love about this fragrance is that it's not that it just projects. It literally irradiates. It's really, you have like this bubble around you all day because it really irradiates from your body because of the body heat and the concentration of oil that is in the fragrance. And that is one of the reasons why I love it. And also you don't need to spray a lot your body will do most of the work when it comes to 
making sure this fragrance is known to those that are around you. You spray too much, you can choke yourself out, not just somebody else. So that is what I'm wearing today. Kimberly, New York's Echelon for Men. Now, not forgetting one of our sponsors, Pete and Pedro. Now, they are known for their hair products, but they also, and this is one of the things that attracted me to listen to for a sponsor, they offer a line of designer-inspired fragrances that are really A-plus quality for a little bit of money. We're talking about Villain, which is inspired by Tom's Ford's Tobacco Vanilla, King, which is inspired by Creed's Green Irish Tweed, Rebel, which is inspired by the King of the Mall, Creed Aventus, and Hero, inspired by Aqua de Joe. Now, these fragrances are just $49.00 for 50 ml bottles in an EDP concentration. That is an absolute steal for the quality of the fragrances and the longevity of these fragrances as well. All of these fragrances, you're going to get pretty good longevity, EDP concentration, six plus hours at the least, and they all smell great. Now, mind you, these are inspired in fragrances, so they're not supposed to smell one-to-one with their originals, but they're supposed to give that impression, that feeling that the original fragrances give. So if you're looking at something like this, I definitely recommend it, especially for the price. And they also have travel sizes you can purchase as well. I believe you can get a set of all four for about $34 to $38. I forget the exact number. But if you're interested, use the link below in the show notes or the code EHAWKS10 to get 10% off of your first purchase. And with that said, we've come to the end of another show. Don't forget, you can find me weekly on Nerds Rule the World on YouTube with the NRW Checkpoint Show, where myself and my man Brian Saff are talking about the week in gaming as far as new releases, as well as key news items that you know we just want to talk about so catch us there usually debuts every thursday or friday of the week talking about the games that have come out that week and just you know just two guys having fun talking about video games find us there but also you can find me on social media at webster style and sotorial geek on instagram on twitter find me on excuse me find me at webster style and now i'm proud to announce you can find me on tiktok at underscore Webster style. Of course, we're always at WebsterStyle.com. All of our content will be found there, including NLW checkpoints, uh, episodes of the Sartorian Geek podcast, uh, musings, videos, all those things are going to be found there going back 11 plus years. You can also drop me an email if you're interested in being a part of the show, got comments, or just want to say hey and reach out. Feel free to email me at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Again, thank you for joining me. And remember, Stay safe out there and be blessed.